Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJNL General Contractors. They are licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee, and they provide services such as mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you need any of these services, contact them 931-433-4660, 931-433-4660. Also, they are in need of heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, CDL dump truck drivers, and pipe layers. If you're interested in employment with this family-owned business, you can go to the website www.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. I'm allowed to attend the training night for the local SWAT team, and I've been allowed to do that for about the last 28 years in my work uh, with our local city as a chaplain. The interesting thing about SWAT training night is the whole team gets together. Now, now typically these guys work different shifts and different hours, and training night is the only night that the whole team is there. And so a lot of times, if anything really significant happens on a training night, the guys are already there together. They don't have to call them out. They're just there, so sometimes they get to handle it. On one such training night, uh, we had a young man walk into one of the local Easy Robs and fire off some rounds with a shotgun and make off with some uh, ill-gotten gain. Well, they called the team up and said, hey, you know, this guy's out here roaming around. Why don't you guys go look for him? Well, they didn't want to prowl around all over the city and mark units. And so the team divided up into pairs and they were given some unmarked cars. One of the problems was, was hey, what are we going to do with Lonnie? They really didn't want to just say, okay, we're having to do real police work now. You can go home. So two guys invited me to ride with them. And they geared up. They're in their body armor with their weapons. And uh, I'm in my black T-shirt and a pair of uh, fatigue pants with uh, an outer layer because the night that we were doing this training on was super, super cold. And so we go prowling around town in this uh, O.J. Simpson era Bronco. Now, the officers that I was with will remain nameless, but as we were driving across town, the officer in the passenger seat said to the officer in the driver's seat, I bet you can't get pulled over. And so every time we got stopped by a red light and the light would turn green, he would pop the clutch. He would bark the tires. We probably made about three blocks on University Drive when a very eager, very young second shift police officer pulled us over as he approaches the Bronco with his ticket book in his hand and his flashlight dangling. Just as he gets to the side, the driver leaned out the car and shouted, you're interfering with a police operation. The young man jumped back, dropped his ticket book and simply said, I hate you guys. After having our fun, we decided to be professional and we went to a local neighborhood where there was an apartment complex, we backed the Bronco into a space and decided just to kind of wait and see what was moving. Some intel came out over the radio that it was very possible that this guy's girlfriend lived in this area, and maybe we should look out for a certain kind of car. 
So we left our parking space and was driving around and we ran into this car and the young lady driving the car said, yes, indeed, her boyfriend was this individual and that he was scheduled to come to her apartment that night. So now the plan is we're going to stake out this apartment. So we follow her to her apartment. They back the Bronco into this secluded parking space out in the dark and near the, the bushes on the perimeter of the apartment complex. And then it's like, oh, what do we do with the preacher? Well, he's not wearing body armor and he doesn't have a weapon. So he probably shouldn't go sit in the living room of this apartment as we wait for some felon to walk in the door. So the command decision was, hey, you'll be safe in this car. So they left me in the front seat of the Bronco at about 1.30 in the morning and they put a weapon in my lap. They went into the apartment to sit and wait. I'm sitting in the Bronco in the wee hours of the early morning and it's cold and it's dark and I'm just sitting there. I don't really remember how long we were there, but we were there long enough for, for the boredom to sit in and kind of the edge to get off and you relax just a little bit. And I don't know if someone threw it. I don't know if it fell from a tree. I don't know if it jumped from a balcony, but somewhere around 2 a.m., a cat landed on the front windshield of this Bronco. If I had had my finger on the trigger of the weapon that I was holding, I would have blasted the front windshield out of that car. That cat scared me so bad. Now, I was wearing gloves, and I did get out of the car, and I did put hands on the cat. And let's just say I helped him decide to go somewhere else. After seeing the video footage of the young man on Facebook who was running, well, he wasn't really running. He was backing away from a large mountain lion. I have to, I can't be too hard on the kid. I mean, I understand that a cat comes out of nowhere and it'll scare you. The cat that came out of nowhere and scared me was a tiny little house cat the cat with the kid on social media was a pretty good-sized cat. Now, she wasn't trying to eat him. I've listened to some guys analyze that video and uh, read some articles, and I'm fairly familiar with the uh, mountain lions. And so what she was doing, approaching him, walking sideways, her ears laid back, and occasionally doing a, a false or a bluff charge, um, that, that's not predatory behavior. He got too close to her kittens. He was trying to take a picture on this walking trail, and she popped out of the woods and said, hey, son, you need to leave the babies alone. Uh, had she been trying to attack him, he wouldn't have any video footage because those cats are ambush predators, and they don't do bluff charges. They don't stunt like a linebacker trying to run a blitz play. They just go all out. The simple fact that she was in start-stop mode tells me she wasn't looking to get dinner from this young man. Be that it is may, he uh, conducted himself with some comportment in the face of a, a rather large cat. And like I say, the little black one that jumped on the windshield of my Bronco uh, scared me pretty good. So I, I can't fuss about him being a little bit afraid. That was in Colorado or California, I think. In Alabama, the existence or the continued presence of the large American cat is widely debated. Now, if you talk to people who, who are in the know, uh, the cat goes by several names, a puma, a cougar, a mountain lion, a catamount, 
a panther, and as my grandmother used to call them, a painter. Now, we're told by the experts that there's no viable breeding population in Alabama, and if you're seeing these cats, then they're either escaped from some kind of a zoo or they are animals that people had as pets and released them. Um, these cats, the, the cougar, mountain lion, whatever, uh, are different from, from big cats. Now, I, I call them a big cat, but they're really not considered a big cat. Your big cat, your lion, your tiger, your leopard, your jaguar, uh, those are the cats known as the big cats because they roar. Mountain lions and bobcats and lynxes scream, and so they're not considered big cats. They don't have a, a bone or something in their throat or their vocal cords aren't formed in such a way that they can roar. All they can do is, is scream. I believe I've seen a mountain lion on at least two occasions or at least seen the same uh, mountain lion twice because I saw him on the same piece of property. Uh, I was hunting in Velvet Ridge, Arkansas, on the backside of Granny Wallace's place, and uh, I saw this guy come out of some really thick brush and move through some little, uh, little grassy area and jump up into that big, huge oak tree that used to be behind Granny Wallace's place. The other time I was sitting in a pine tree about 4.30 in the afternoon and saw this guy go between two different patches of woods about 75 yards away, downwind. He stopped, looked uh, downrange from where I was sitting. The wind was in my favor. He didn't smell me. And on both occasions, these cats weren't running. And I got a look at a long, a long good look at them from nose to tail. So if, if people tell me that they've seen a mountain lion in Alabama, it's hard for me to doubt it. My skepticism comes when people tell me they've seen a black one. And then people start talking about the black panther. We understand that of the large cats in the wild, there's leopards and lions and tigers and jaguars and cheetahs and lynxes and cougars. There's no such thing as a panther. Now, there's a version of a cougar that's called a Florida panther, but it's just a little cougar that lives in Florida, a little smaller, but they do interbreed with, with the normal population. Uh, and I'm not trying to insult your great uncle or your grandfather who has seen the Black Panther. I, I understand people believe they've seen them, but there's never been a recorded instance of one. And all the pictures of people who hunt mountain lions and, and all the pictures that, you know, when, when pictures taking started and there's rows and rows and rows and rows of cats hanging up where people have been on mountain lion hunts, there's never a black one in there. There's never been a black hide found and there's never been solid photographic evidence of one. There just aren't any black cougars as far as I know. Now, maybe way down in the tip of South America, they may have some evidence of one, but none in North America. If you're seeing a cat with a long tail and it's solid black, you're either seeing a very little cat called a Jagarunde. It's larger than a house cat, but smaller than a, a real mountain lion. But when you're in the woods and you see something, it's it's super easy to mistake size. I, you know, I've shot a lot of coyotes that upon first glance would have said, hey, that's the size of a German Shepherd. And then when you get on it, it's, it's you know, a, a 35, 45-pound canine that's nowhere near the size you thought it was. Uh, in deer hunting, we call that ground shrinkage. If you're not seeing the Jaguar, I mean the Jaguarunde, then you're probably seeing a Jaguar. 
We don't really know how far up the Jaguar range was. Now, they were indigenous to the southeast years ago. They were even some in the swamps in Louisiana. I read an article that said they'd gone up as far north or been seen as far north as, as in Missouri. A jaguar is a different animal. That's a 220-pound cat when it gets full-grown in, in trophy size. And the jaguar and the leopard have a melanistic phase. They, they actually have a a genetic condition where they can appear all black. Really, when you get real close to them, you can still see the rosettes or the spots, but from a distance, they look solid black. And if you're seeing them, and it's a large, truly a large, all black cat, then you're seeing a very serious predator. At least that's the Lonnie Jones theory of the mystery of the black, quote unquote, panther. But until somebody kills one, the photographic evidence and the eyewitness accounts are always going to be suspect by the experts. And why not? All the people that have claimed to see Bigfoot, nobody believes Bigfoot is real. And until Bigfoot ends up on the hood of somebody's truck or in the bed of somebody's pickup, we're always going to doubt whether or not he exists either. So it may turn out one of these days that we get some evidence that there's a, a real jaguar presence in north america or there may be this undiscovered version of a mountain lion that truly is all black and people have seen them for years why the sudden interest well in a few weeks i'm going to be going back out to arkansas where i have seen the cougar i've seen this mountain lion and i walk in before daylight and i walk out after dark and one of the places I really like to hunt makes me walk a little over a football field length through a sage grass field. And the sage grass is often shoulder high or higher. You can't see very far in front of you. You absolutely can't see behind you and you can't see anything around you. And when you're walking out on that trail secluded and surrounded by this tall grass, it makes the idea that you're not the apex predator out there pretty interesting, especially when you know that I'm walking in and out and I'm hunting with my bow. A uh, mountain lion can jump 18 vertical feet. He can jump 43 feet horizontally. I'm not going to outclimb him. I'm definitely not going to outrun him. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm actually in the prey size for these guys. He'd have to be pretty young, pretty mixed up, or pretty old to actually attack me, but it still doesn't make the prospect uh, any more fun or entertaining to think about. I don't know if we'll ever prove the existence of the black version of the mountain lion. I'm not sure people will ever be convinced that they're actually in Alabama. We may never know everything that's out there in the natural world. There may be black panthers in America. You know what I do know for sure? There's a stern warning in scripture about a predator a spiritual predator. The apostle Peter says, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. No doubt, no question, no debate. We are being hunted. Our children are being hunted. Our spouses are being hunted. Our communities are being hunted. Our churches are being hunted. Our friends are being hunted. The entire human population is in the prey range 
for this predator. We are being hunted for the exact express purpose of separating us, devouring us, separating us from our God. The warning comes with some advice. It says to be sober. That means you take this seriously. This is not a red costumed horned caricature, but it's a malevolent, celestial, powerful being who wants our destruction. He wants to separate us from our God. Not only does he say be sober, but he says be vigilant, pay attention, be aware that everywhere on this planet is his territory. Don't get caught alone. Don't be easy. There are 32 miles of cave passages in Cumberland Cavern. 333 feet underground is the Volcano Room. The Volcano Room is the site for the youth rally known as Erupt. It's an underground youth rally. It's an annual event. It takes place in October. The next Erupt is scheduled for October of 2021. Erupt is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. If you'd like more information, you may contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. Or check out their website for more information, three W's and a dot, eruptyouthrally.com, www.eruptyouthrally.com.